Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're here in Austin, Texas, ready to have some fun tonight. This is John Massengale sitting with all the boys, Les Kaiser and Jonathan oh, Green. Yeah. You know why this is Speed City, right? Because uh, we got the fastest freeway. Well, just, that, that's, that's just one reason. That's, that is one reason. You know, we haven't talked about that, but 85 miles an hour, the fastest speed limit in the country just right yeah. down the road. Oh, we also got the Circuit of the Americas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where is that again? A little old ROI. <laughs> Next to the fastest. Yeah, it's right next door. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm Plus, me and about... Les have been out on the track and I've been out on the roads too, so, you know. Well, it's yeah, definitely that, that all in itself makes it scary. I mean, fast. All scary right, we're going to talk about what we got on the show because we got some very cool guests on the show. We have a couple of guys. We've got, number one, we got a race driver on the show, and he is a champion. He's the champion of the inaugural season, which would have been 16 of the F4 U.S. Championship. Cameron Doss, and he's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. And we also have Jeff Barrow with Honda Performance Development. And if that's you, cool. Yeah, what you Honda Performance Development? This is the guys that developed the IndyCar engines. The which won the Indy Five Hundred. Yeah, just you know the last two years. Yeah, they they've got a little bit of uh, credibility. So I mean, all the way down from you know the new NSX GT three, the the, uh, the new DPIs that are coming out, and of course they also build the engines for the F3 and the F4, which are based on the new Civic Type R, the car that uh, you would think this is like the, uh, you know, the new million-dollar Bugatti, the way the press is going crazy over this car. Uh, I can't wait to drive one because it must be pretty good. And I'll tell you what, I've I've been watching it very closely because the new Civic Type R is also uh, in the uh, TRS series, uh, um, TCR TCR. uh, series, uh, both internationally and on the Asian scene, which I do. And yeah, it's a beauty and it's a cracking engine. And yeah, the Honda Civic remains, in my mind anyway, probably the most sought after Boy racer car, I call it. Um, there is that and the GTI v, uh, VW. Yep, yep, uh, that and the uh, the Subarus and all those in that yep. class. Yeah, but, exactly. But Honda, uh, this is this is really exciting because we got not only we have Cameron Doss, but we got Jeff Barrow, like I was saying, and and Jeff is uh, we're gonna go we're gonna dig deep on some of this stuff. I'm gonna get a little geeky on the engines and the. That's not like you. Uh, just a little bit. We're going to talk a little camshaft grinding. We're going to talk a little uh, foot pounds and horsepower. So we're excited to talk to him. But on the phone right now, we are ready to talk to, we are joined by Mr. Cameron Doss. Cameron, welcome to Speed City. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? As doing you can well. tell, we're, we're pretty excited. Happy we're exci- holidays. We're excited hey. to have you on the show. <laughs> okay, now, now here's what I like about Cameron. You know, I, I feel like I'm pretty good over there at like K1 speed. We've got a K1 speed here. It's electric. It's concrete. You know, zipping around, filling the G's. Somehow, Cameron's taking it from there to the real racetrack in very short order. 
There you go. Cameron, that's a good lead-in. Tell us about your, your path from karting to badassery. Yeah, so as you mentioned with electric karting, I actually started at a chain called Autobahn Indoor Speedway. Nice. Uh, and that, that happened about mm-hmm. three years ago, almost, almost exactly. Um, and I went there basically with a friend just to, you know, we were both in the cars. And we wanted to prove to each other which one was the fastest. And it turned out that I was the fastest. And, and uh, some of the employees took notice and wanted me to, to keep coming there and come to the, their, their adult league. Ended up winning an adult league. And shortly after, I was in the Bertle Roost Racing School. And then maybe not even, not even a year later, I was in the F4 championship. Um, and the rest is history. So wow. Yeah, before you go too experience. far, though, Cameron, I'm also, I mean, I was a carter too. And how much do you weigh? Because <laughs> I've done those electric carts, and I would have thought in the adult league, yeah, you would wipe up. But <laughs> well, that's not going to take away from what we're going to talk about in a minute, which is your <laughs> F4 career. Go, go ahead. That was the excuse all my competitors had. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> but... I would say I had a disadvantage because I had less grip. There you go. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, go. good. You had a line. Yeah. That's good. Of yeah. course he did. I guarantee you but, probably heard by that. By the way, this is coming from a bitter old man who used to race <laughs> nine-year-olds on cart circuits <laughs> and say exactly that and get my ass kicked by them. But uh, let's get to the seriousness of it. You do have a unique career, Cameron. I, I, I'm excited to talk to you because you are the real deal. Uh, we're looking for the next Alexander Rossi. We're looking for the next Santino Ferrucci. And you may well be it because you're going on that classic route. Um, and like you said, you haven't been karting since you were five. Uh, like a lot of these kids have, you came in this way, which I think is fascinating. But since you got into what I would call serious motor racing, you've got serious. Tell us about your F4 career uh, and how that was got to be a meteoric rise for you. Yeah, that was that was a really good experience for me. I mean, they have such a good platform. Uh, they had Honda, which is a really good uh, a backing. They had Onrook, they had Pirelli, uh, they had the SCCA and even the FIA behind it. So it's such a good platform to get started on, and it's exactly what the U.S. needed to get drivers or American drivers in particular over into Europe. What about that? How hard was it? I mean, like I said, you're a kind of an inspiration to anybody listening who wants to kind of follow this or whose father is listening and thinks, hey, you know, maybe I can take my, my kid down to K1. Um, I mean, how hard or was Autobahn it? Or to- Speedway. Come on, yeah, let's get it right for this Speedway, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, K2. There's a whole bunch of them out there. But um, tell us, uh, how hard was it to make that tra- tra- transition to Slicks and Wings? Uh, it, w- it was definitely difficult. Um I had several coaches in my career, one of which being Dennis Macchio, who uh, has been running the Bertel Roost School for quite a long time. Um, and so he kind of transitioned me into slicks and wings, uh, starting with the 1600 before the uh, the USF4 season started. Um, and, but really, it's just physics. Uh, if, if you study it enough, then it's not that complicated to understand. It just becomes uh, more innate the more you practice it and so luckily, before the F4 car was available in early 2016, I did some testing in other SCCA Pro classes, such as uh, F1600 and Formula Atlantic. Um, but I think that really prepared me well for the start of the F4 season. You know, I, you talk about taking classes and understanding is yeah, it's just physics. You know, I think of I think of the old time race guys used to learn to drive, and it was all by the seat of their pants and all experience, but. I think nowadays that's not going to get you there. I think you you just mentioned it where you you actually understand you you learn how the car how, how about weight transfer and everything else and and how much of that does play into you becoming better at what you do. 
Well, I think that's, that's exactly the reason why I was able to jump in a car so quickly is because I had a fundamental understanding of physics before I started racing. And I was able, able to basically just fill in the gaps uh, with basically math and science uh, rather than, than using previous, previous experience over, you know, years of karting. Um, I mean, certainly there are things that are hard to, to be natural or to find naturally unless you just have experience. So that's something I'm working on, especially when it comes to racecraft. But when it comes to driving, it's just kind of a, a, a lot of calculations that you're doing in your head. It's interesting, you know, the, the the one thing, Cameron, that really made me sit up looking at your career career path is what you did this year because Trevor Carlin is a good friend of mine and I know that anybody who drives for him, and I'm talking Ricardo, Vettel, uh, you name it, uh, this uh, next year it's going to be Norris, it's going to be Sete Camera, who I was with both in Macau uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I know Trevor Carlin doesn't mess about with, with fools, so to speak. Um, you have... How did you meet with him and how did that come together? Um, I actually got introduced to Carlin through uh, Brian Herda, the IndyCar team owner, uh, because he heard that I w had an interest in going over to Europe and his son Colton Herda yep. was doing exactly what I planned to do um, with Carlin. So he, he introduced me and uh, so I went over there uh, mid midway through the season in F4 to do a bit of testing so that they could evaluate me. It went really well and... Uh, they're a really good operation, very professional, and uh, there's no doubt about it. They have some of the quickest cars on the planet. But also, if you are serious about, and we all are, I mean, I mean I'm not, not being funny, I don't want to overemphasize this, but the whole reason for Speed City is that we are looking for the next American to make it to Formula One um, because we think that, that we've got the track here in our backyard, we've now got the Haas team, we're keeping a watchful eye, we, our first guest on the show is Alexander Rossi. My point being, you are taking that classic route of leaving America as a teenager to go and... Mix it with the ver the very best and the very elite of motor racing. I mean, is the plan Formula One for you? Yes. The plan uh, right from the beginning has been F1. I love IndyCar, and that would certainly be a goal of mine as well. But the primary goal at the moment is Formula One, and uh, I'm getting really good experience on the tracks that they race over in Europe. I'd love to get a chance to maybe even potentially in this new F3 uh, to race at Coda next year. But uh yeah, it's, it's the path I'm, I'm pursuing at the moment, yeah. I, I like the way he quickly, yeah. no qu equivocation whatsoever. John, write, yes. his, write his number down, okay? Yeah. Yeah. We are going to be keeping in touch with Cameron Das <laughs> and telling the world of his feats. Yes. You're 17 right now, Cameron. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, so what? talk about the path now. You know, you've won the F4 championship. You're moving into F3. What's the dream future right now? So... Uh, in 2018, uh, I'm going to do a full season in Euro Formula F3, I'm working at a deal with a, a team I'm, uh, I'll be very happy to race for if, if it all goes through. Uh, and I'll have an announcement uh, about that shortly, hopefully. And you'll be making that uh, announcement on Speed City, of course. <laughs> uh, hopefully, yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we will see. We will see. Uh, but then after a full season in Euro Formula, as long as I, I do well and I'm successful, which I'm, I'm working very hard to, to be able to do that, um, I want to go to International F3 uh, in 2019 with the, the new car, which is, I think, going to have the Halo as well. Um, it should be a very competitive championship considering it's the first year of a new car and a lot of drivers are going to want to get a piece of that. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the future. 
The only bad news you got in two years is you're going to be meeting me at the Macau Grand Prix. <laughs> Actually, that's not bad news at all because you're just going to love it. <laughs> oh, hey. yeah. I've heard so many good things about Macau, and I, I watched it this year. It's just a crazy yeah, It was place. pretty dull, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it's scary. absolutely crazy. <laughs> hey, Cameron, uh, can you hold with us? We're going to take a quick break. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas, and we will continue with Cameron Doss right after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Mosing Motorcars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motorcars, 2420 West Breaker Lane. Online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motorcars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, I'm Mike Brewer from Wheeler Dealers on Velocity Channel, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, when we left for the break, we were talking to Cameron Doss. He's still on the line with us. And Cameron, you were telling us about what your next step that you're like next year in uh, the European GT Series. What about the long term European goals? F3 Series? Sorry, European F3 yeah. Series. Uh, what about the long term goals? Yeah, well, the end goal is, is obviously F1, um, but in between, uh, hopefully this, this new F2 program that uh, Liberty's had some influence in will be 
uh, on that ladder to F1. Um, but we'll see. There's, there's a lot of different options, and uh, it really depends on, on uh, how, how competitive each championship is. I want to be in the most competitive place possible at each step along the ladder. But, um, yeah, that, that's that's a long way down the road. So uh, I'm going to focus on this year for now. Awesome. Uh, I think uh, it's so exciting for us to be talking to an American that has those aspirations. And like you said, there's, you're not, you know, somebody walks up to you like Alexander Rossi and says, hey, you've, uh, here's a contract to race an IndyCar. I, I think that's at least somewhere in there in your plans, like you said. But I think with the level of criticality that they these guys go through in the formula classes, IndyCar is a natural fit as well. But, uh, sure. you know, it's to me, the formula series seems like a... A more critical, a highly criticized, a highly evaluated and data intense uh, track. And so it makes it real easy for these guys to jump in Indy. Yeah. Well, Cameron, speaking of drivers and other other in series and everything, uh, is there anybody that's an idol or that you or want to emulate or a favorite driver? Oh, it's hard to say because there's a lot of drivers who have, have made headways in the sport. But, um, you know, I only actually started watching racing um in 2014 when I started racing. So uh, it's basically guys that I'm watching racing at the moment that are the most inspirational because I've actually had a chance to watch them. Uh, but I'd say um, uh, I've really enjoyed Daniel Ricciardo uh, for his personality and, and his perseverance in the sport. Um, he's, he's quite an impressive driver as well. I mean, his track record, considering he's not in the quickest car this year, uh, I think is, is quite remarkable. Do you, think he should, do you think he should stay where he is or go to Ferrari? <laughs> Um, I think my, my strategy is always to go with the quickest car that's available to you, but you never know. Red Bull, uh, with, with a man like Adrian Newey uh, behind the, the engineering, it, it could be the quickest car next year for all we know. It's just really relying on power units at the moment. I know, you know, I was, I was putting you on the spot there, but you're right. That is exactly right. And you th- I love the way you're thinking because you know that uh, getting through Formula 3 is a minefield anyway, which is your plan for the next two years. Um, but also that next step into F2, uh, Indy Lights, possibly Indy itself, um, um, GP3, which will be uh, F3, of course. Um, it's a bit of a minefield. I'm just looking at the Abu Dhabi Times now. Um, you know, Santino Ferrucci in top six. Arjun Miney, who's also a Haas, um, uh, you know, um, test driver. Would you go that route as well? Would you try to get yourself connected with a team uh, in Formula One, even if it was just by name in terms of a, of a reference, like a you know, official test driver like Norris is uh, an Arjun Miney and uh, Santino Ferruccio are with Haas? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean... Formula One's as much about, or getting to Formula One is as much about connections as it, as it is about skills. So, um, if I can get associated with a team early on, that would be great. Um, I think that only helps uh, myself in terms of branding, but it, it might also help uh, with more connections as well through through uh, maybe simulators or, or meeting engineers. That who knows, maybe they'll be at a different team. But yeah, that would certainly be beneficial. One thing that's just sort of not bugging me, but amazing me, if you will. You're from Bal- Baltimore, right? Originally. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like you say, you've only started watching motor racing, what, three years ago. Um, I mean, is your fa- what is your father? What is your mother? What, what, is, what does the family yeah. say about a young kid from the States who's supposed to be at high school um, talking about aspirations of racing in Barcelona next year, for example? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's all taken our family by surprise. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we're all we're all very much a racing family now. We all watch racing. We all mm-hmm. love racing. We're we're constantly at a, at a track one way or the other. But um, yeah, it's it's not a normal pass for sure, and it, it's happened much faster than I think most people are used to. So it's certainly been a learning curve, not just for myself, but for them as well. But um, we certainly can't complain. It's it's definitely a dream come true. I got a question for you that's kind of related to this, and that is, you know, Liberty Media now owns Formula One, and they're making all these changes and uh, bringing some things that are a little American into the sport and bringing social media, obviously the holy grail of trying to grow a sport is to start with the younger audiences, and you fit the demographic perfectly. So what do we need to be doing? What are some, you know, what if Liberty Media were listening right now? What are suggestions from a 17-year-old American to help grow the sport, grow racing and Formula One specifically in the United States? Well, I think what you said about social media is exactly what we need to do because I can tell from experience, uh, kids my age are on their phone maybe 400 times a day. (laughs) So if if you target marketing towards people my age, they're going to find it interesting, but they have to see it first. And I know a lot of my friends, even though uh, they're familiar sort of with racing because I'm a part of it, uh, they just don't know enough about it to even come interested about it. And I think if they, they had more exposure to it through through advertising, especially through social media, they would have the chance to actually uh, learn a thing or two about it and, um, and maybe they even get hooked on it and, and watch a race. Boom. Okay, so there it is. So I'm taking notes here. Liberty Media, social media, mm. advertising, raise the budget, get Daniel Ricardo because he's funny and great driver. All right. Got well, it. And also, uh, hats off to you, my friend. Uh, your website, excellent. I mean, the way you're <laughs> purveying yourself and your sponsors, uh, very, very impressive. I take much note uh, of guys good because, point, yeah. well, because it, no, it's, it's a huge part. Uh, and there's 200 guys, and, you know, I don't need to tell Cameron this. There's two, two or 3,000 guys who are very very fast but the guys who make it like daniel ricardo have something special have something different and also can sell themselves this is a big part of the package uh, and cameron it seems like already you've got some good advice here um, and you've got some, you, you, you know you're well aware of, of what it takes yeah certainly there's there's a lot more to it than just being quick so uh the more you can show that through social media the i think the easier it is to differentiate yourself from from all the rest well, I'm so excited for you. I, oh, I tell yeah. you what, my, you know, I've, I'm already kind of seeing, seeing into the future and hoping that you, you're the guy that shows up at Coda and we all go. I, I remember well, when it was I'm... a full moon in Austin <laughs> back in no, you know, back in December of uh, whatever, uh, and you're the guy. Cameron, when will we see you here? In Austin? You bet. Uh, well, I, I hope to maybe do hmm. one or two, or maybe even more uh, American F3 races. Yeah. If- if a sponsorship allows for that. Uh, but yeah, Coda would definitely be a top priority of mine. It's been a, a track on my bucket list uh, ever since I started racing. And I got a chance to actually go to the F4 race uh, on the F1 weekend this year. And it was just, it was so exciting to watch. Uh, and I really hope that F4 or F3 gets a chance to go there next year. Uh, and I'd really like to be a part of that. Well, I'll tell you what, I was talking with the guy last night who's in charge of the F4 series. And we have our own fleet of F4s here at Coda now. 
So uh, maybe we can okay. at least get you down for the weekend and some barbecue. How's that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> what, hey, on a serious question, what about? Um, I mean, obviously you you are you know the the the, the blue eyed boy of the the F four series, having absolutely dominated it. Carl Kirkwood did the same. But what about uh, the American F three? What's the buzz amongst your peers and 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 those that you know that you rub shoulders with uh, about uh, the future for F three Americas uh, here in the states? Well, they're kind of beating all the other national F3 championships uh, to, you know, the new the new FIA specs yep. uh, for 2019. They're going to include a halo, which, even though it's controversial, it's it's the way the yep. sport's going. So if, if F3 is doing it, then they're ahead of the curve there. Or if American F3 is doing it, they're ahead of the curve. Um, so, yeah, it's really just, it's going to prepare anyone who is thinking about the international F3 when the new car comes. It's going to prepare them that much more than... Uh, than any other national championship. Well, Cameron, we really appreciate you coming on Speed City. Uh, very excited to be following your career in American with the ladder you're on and the path you're choosing. We're, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Before he goes, let's tell the world of listeners where to find him. So let Cameron do that in his own words. Where do we find you on social media and, and all things Cameron? Sure. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Cameron Doss. Uh, on Facebook, it's Cameron Doss Racing. And I have a website, uh, CameronDoss.com. Awesome. Cameron, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming on. Happy Christmas, my friend. Thank you. See ya. All right. Well, that, that was, was cool. That was that's the real old. deal, dudes. Yep. We've Zen been waiting for it. I know. Young Americans. You know, it, it feels like, you know, like I said, five years ago, we're sitting here talking to Rossi. What's your aspirations? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much the same conversation. But, uh, but but it is that difference, that that ability to, or that realization that you've got to get on a plane and go to Europe. If F1 is what you want to do, you can't. You know, you can't sit here in the States and expect to be noticed. It's still very much, you know, a European ethnocentric and the, and the, and the real creme de la creme that, you know, like Carlin uh, um, and Fortec and all these companies, they're all based in Europe. So, yep. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to continue the F3, F4 conversation because we have Jeff Barrow from Honda Performance Development. Very, very excited to have him on and very excited to pick his brain. Stick with us. You're listening to Speed City. We're here in Austin. Back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. 
Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, don't matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it, we'll make you better. Hey, it's Patrick Lindsay, driving the Park Place Motorsports Porsche, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. All right, you know what? I'm interested in seeing this all-electric Porsche. Ah, yeah, heck yeah. Uh, there's rumors and little concept information Yeah, I have out seen there. some of that. You're absolutely right. I mean, if anybody can do all-electric right, uh, that would be the one. I think there's the, they have the Panamera hybrid now, yeah. and that's gotten pretty pretty good reviews yeah. and stuff. But all I right, had well, somebody break my heart and send me a story on an electric 911. I'm talking air-cooled, now electric. What do they do? They pull the drivetrain from a Tesla or something? <sighs> break my heart is what they did. What's the name of that icon? That's the, the guys. Yeah. Have you heard about this? You, yeah, yeah. Jay Leno's had him on and stuff. The guy that takes cars and does whatever you can imagine with them yeah there's an uh icon bronco here in town yeah the, that's where he got it's his start beautiful. he was doing the icon icon, an icon bronco <laughs> how do they let that across the border hey. you don't do that to a bronco you know what i First think the bronco. icon guy has said he's going to do some tesla driven uh cars soon so you know i kind of i kind of think that would be a cool market for tesla to offer a chassis Oh yeah, as you want to go. I don't know if it makes any business sense at all, but it's a great no, idea. Imagine that. I mean, you know, if they just offered a chassis to, you know, I mean, we see aftermarket chassis getting put under all different kinds of cool old oh, muscle yeah. cars and antiques. How about it? Let's let's see that. Yeah. Now you know, getting outrun by you know fifty six Oldsmobile is going to be a bit <laughs> embarrassing, but it'll look to me honestly, a fifty six Oldsmobile. Will look a lot cooler than a Tesla. Well, and what what yeah, this Buffy. guy does, this icon guy, he takes like a, like you said, a '56 Oldsmobile. He leaves the outside basically intact. He finds a really good, clean car, but not yeah. not restored though, like original paint and stuff, and a good, clean body. And he completely un, uh, underneath it makes everything completely modern. Like he uses, uh, I could do with that job. Uh, yeah, it is a like he'll put a full what's it art what's chassis and uh, oh yeah art, art Morrison Art Morrison and, chassis and then he puts in complete mo mostly GM drivetrains like LS sixes and LS whatevers and uh, and makes them completely modern and amazing underneath and then on the outside they look the same but but he does this down to the nut and bolt like just crazy you got to yeah, check him out look him up on YouTube it's, yeah it, it is a uh, six figure vehicle when oh, it's done. Oh, I think, I think multiple like 300. six figures. Yeah. yeah. I think it starts about 300. Yeah. But uh, awesome vehicles. You ever get a chance to see those? Well, guys, well, I want to uh, 
What do you got, Jonathan? Uh, just before we, are you moving on to Honda? Well, I wanted to just talk we logo if we before, could. We're waiting on Honda to call, but uh, I, well, I just wanted to mention. You know, we've been talking about young drivers. We got Cameron Das on just a moment ago. I wanted to mention that the two, um, if you like, contracted Hass youngsters, i.e., Santino Ferrucci and Arjun Maini, the Indian, um, both of which uh, have been on the show. Uh, they were both in the Toyota Racing Series, which I'm off to uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but um, both were in the top five uh, of the GP2 tests in Abu Dhabi, and so too in GP3, Ryan Tavita up there as well. Yeah, uh, that's so, right. So, you know, we've got three Americans, now Cameron's following. Uh, I, you know, like I said, my 2018, I'm really going to concentrate on watching these guys come through because uh, I'm excited for them. Uh, they've, you know, they're, they're starting to uh, make their way uh, and there's more of them too. There's there's plenty more. I mean, you know, Gustavo Menezes has already become a world champion. Um, there's, there's, there's plenty more to talk about and we will be talking about them. And now with this F3 series and F4 series uh, here in the Americas, I think we're really in for some exciting few years of young young drivers coming through. Awesome, yeah. Well, you know what, before, while we're waiting on Jeff to call, he's going to call in any moment now, but I want to just talk about a couple of stories. Uh, the, the big one in Formula One this week. Logo? Uh, no! Okay. We're not <laughs> Did you about turn his mic off again? <laughs> I will. I, I didn't know you could kick that far. <laughs> I've got the producer on my side, but I want to talk about Alfa Romeo coming into Ferrari. Have they got the, a logo? They can't. <laughs> They've got a perfectly red. fine logo. They're not going to change it. It's got logo. like a snake on it or something. Yeah, I think. yeah, it's good. It's, it's it nice. is good. And man, speaking of road cars, hasn't the uh, the Julia taken yeah. the yeah. road car I've by storm? I've been invited storm? to go take it out. Oh my gosh, those things are... are uh, just... Alfa Romeo are definitely back as a both as a manufacturer. And yeah, you're right. That picture of the, the car looked awesome. Oh, the car itself. But I mean, don't you think that the, re the success... I was thinking about this yesterday. This is the nerdy stuff that I think about. It's like... The Alfa Romeo car, the new Julia, with the 505 horsepower, 2.9 liter, 3,700 pound four-door rocket, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he has been thinking it, about this. It, this. But this car has done so well, it's been so well received, right, in the market, that I wonder if they said, we've got to, we've got lightning in a bottle now. This car is obviously, they say it's, it's handling maybe the best four-door sedan handling car ever, but do you think this is what's prompted the push into Formula One? Maybe um, I don't. Uh, I actually, it's called the Giulietta in um, in yeah. in the Europe, and I know it quite well because when I was doing the World Superbikes, that was our safety car. That was our that was what we had was Alfa Romeos, and um, we had that. I've seen a lot of that car, been in it, uh, and you're right, it's a fantastic car, uh, and I think it put Alfa Romeo back on the map. And I do think, yes, I do think that the Fiat company or the the whole sort of uh, conglomerate that is. Um, I do think they're trying to widen their base because Ferrari is, you know, kind of here and uh, and Alfa Romeo has always been the, the sort of, but the affordable luxury car. That's the best way I can describe it. And I think that that's still where they're punching. Um, but if they go into racing, that changes it. That changes it um, just as it does for Honda, I suppose. Um, yeah. You know, it always yeah. does for any, you know, uh, for any kind of mark. Uh, but Alfa Romeo, of course, you know, one of the first guys in motor racing. So let's not yeah. forget Auto Union and uh, back in the Alfa Romeo days, the, the back in the glory days, Alfa Romeo was the car to have. I yeah. think one of the things that, you know, here stateside, they were cool, absolutely. But honestly, I mean, seeing them in the late 60s, early 70s, 
people couldn't keep them running was I the know, problem. That, they rely and on military. Probably, yeah. I mean, did you have the same situation? Yes. It sounds like it overseas. Because here, nobody could get the parts, and they cobbled together whatever they could. To be honest, it was a joke. Back when I was growing up in England, yeah, you didn't have, if you want, yeah. Look at that. Isn't that a beautiful Alfa Romeo parked on the side of the road? <laughs> you know, I mean, that was the joke, because you're right. They were they were they had reliability problems. At not, not that the British cars didn't either. Leyland weren't weren't too impressive. Uh, Lucas Parts, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, no, Alfa Romeo, and they had to fight hard to get away from that reputation. And I think, you know, full cycle, I think they are getting to that point now where they have very reliable and, you know, the whole, the whole like you said, because of the sort of com- conflammation of um, car manufacturers into one where they're under umbrellas yeah. of yeah. several different manufacturers. Is, is yeah. not, it's, it's not, not an a factor. issue. It's no, of course not. Almost in any new cars anymore is, no. I mean, yeah, uh, to some degree, but nothing like the old days. So no. It's, it's well, not we, even saw a, the, we saw the 4C when you and I were out yes, looking at Seca. And then I took one out when we got home, and it's a fun little car. I, I really kind of... What do you mean you took one out? What, did you have one in the garage or something? <laughs> hey. He, knows, go out he and, knows people. He know, does, doesn't he? I know people. <laughs> and so, uh, thank you, Miss Angela. <laughs> <laughs> so, Angela calls me up and says, we got one. Come get in it. Let's go. And so, we took it out. I don't the have car girlfriends great. like that. Why not? not it's not a girlfriend. Okay. Not a girlfriend. Careful, careful. <laughs> <laughs> His wife is a motorsport enthusiast. I see. Carry on. It's so a full she, moon. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a super moon. So anyway, great running little car. Did kind of feel like some of the older Ferraris. A huh. little smaller in in size and everything. So I could kind of see a similarity of that nature, but. Uh, you're right. It's a beautiful car, actually. Joking aside, that 4C, it, 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 yeah. it's really low to the ground. It's kind of like if, if, I, if, you, if you know you're low to Solis or whatever, right. it's kind of on that format, but it, but it drives probably more like a Miata. It feels like a go-kart. It feels like well, a really – but it's not that powerful. It's only 1.6, right? Right, but the, uh, the difference, I'll say, compared to the Miata, compared to the Lotus Elise, the Elise – is a little more rugged, a little more pure, less refining. Uh, the Alpha definitely feels more refined. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it, it's something my wife would ride in it. But, you know, if I took her out in the Elise, I'd hear about it the next day. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So what about, uh, uh-huh. let's let's blend this into two stories here. Uh-oh. Because I think it's, they're combined. I want to get your take, Mr. Green, on... Ferrari threatening again. There's more fr- threatening to leave again. And, and you know, obviously with Alpha running a Ferrari power plant. I mean, what do you think about all this, how all this could play together? You know, it's funny. I have been thinking about this quite a lot, actually, because uh, I th- I, it amused me. Because if you read the or if you've been part of the history of Formula One over the years, Ferrari threatened to leave every every, every Concord agreement. Uh, and in fact, they have made some serious um plays, if you will, to leave Formula One um, back in the days when they weren't getting what they wanted. And of course, they see themselves as the perennial, you know, Formula One is not Formula One without Ferrari. I'm not so sure Liberty Media, but, you know, will put up with that to be quite honest. And what I mean by that is, you know, the electric formula is is coming fast and we pr- and they prove themselves. Look at the manufacturers there from Mercedes to Porsche, from whatever. Um, uh, you know, Alfa Romeo, which are owned, of course, by Ferrari, are coming back. Aston Martin, uh, Porsche coming in, possibly in t- uh, 2021. If Ferrari did pull out, 
Would the world stop ticking? I don't think so. Um, so what I'm getting at is the, the sort of old rules, uh, the old logo, but the, you know the the, the old <laughs> system. You know is you know one of the things Liberty have come out and said is look, you know, you, you, there's no free lunch. It's a classic American statement, but that's exactly it. And I think Ferrari um, may just get the hey guys, this is how it is right now. We love you. We want you to be part, but. You know, I don't think anything. I don't think the days of the swashbuckling Ferrari or nothing. Um, I don't think that's going to be the future. I really don't. It would be an absolute awful thing if Ferrari left Formula One, and I also think it would kill their brand, uh, regardless of, of the sort of the Fiat umbrella. Um, I, I do think it would be a, a terrible thing for them because, you know, frankly, you think of Ferrari and you think of Formula One and you think of performance, and that's exactly what it's all been based on. I just thought of something. Okay, so what is Formula One's biggest goal right now, right? I think it's pretty obvious they want to grow the market in the United States. That's one of them. I think that's one. Of, if not their biggest, it's one of their biggest. Okay, you'll concede that then, right? And surviving in a new multicultural sport environment where everybody from the NFL to soccer to the Olympics is trying to get airtime. Right, and airtime, and we don't even know what that means these days, right? Right, uh, yeah, so what, what airtime. What I'm leading up to is if, okay, so Ferrari is threatening to leave, but where do they sell more? I don't know this for sure. I put one quick Google away, but where do they sell more Ferraris in the world? What country? More than likely, I'll, I'll the, United the United States. The United States is, so my has point, to be top one or two. So my point is. And China. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, that's probably true now too. It is now, yeah. So if they are if they're trying to grow the sport in the United States, they are talking about Miami now, which yeah. we'll talk about probably tonight as well. So if they're trying to grow the sport, all of a sudden if they get successful and Formula 1 catches traction here in the United States and then Ferrari leaves, it's like, wait, the timing's really bad. You're trying to grow your number your you, where you sell more cars in any country in the United States and now your 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 absence will be very obvious in Formula 1. So that's just just another side part of that whole story because there's a lot it's very complicated i'm sure and i'm sure that everybody's thinking about that yeah and you know uh, let's get down to the nitty-gritty the truth of the matter is the biggest earner from formula one is ferrari always has been and potentially even with liberty at the helm could remain so um but like i said i don't think all bets are off i think there is a new model coming into town it'll be based on whatever liberty decide and it's their business they can decide what they want to do they can change the logo they can you know they there's a lot of things they can do and there are a lot of things they're already doing which are massively popular uh, and massively positive including social media we've been benefiting from that from from all the stuff we're getting the videos look at the website now it's it's immaculate you look for the 2018 schedule wow what an impressive setup that is um so yeah they're, they're riding high onto the future and let's just be clear john malone uh, liberty media these guys aren't messing about yeah. we've got news Corps, we've got espn we've got uh, john Mal we've got guys who've been successful at sports and events all of their careers and have worked for companies like news Corps and like espn um so yeah there's no mistaking they know exactly what they're doing now uh, Bernie Eccleston's era and, and the, the way Formula One came to fruition, absolutely, those were the right guys. And by the way, this goes back to the whole history of the me Mechanic Easters uh, of yeah. Britain taking on the mighty Ferrari 
just as Ford said, huh, we'll come and beat you at the 1966 <laughs> Le Mans. You know, so this battle between manufacturers, especially Ferrari, uh, and especially, you know, that sort of inner Europe, the, the the middle Europe battle has been going on for years. So, um, you know, don't 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 be fooled by by the politics and don't think that for one minute um, Liberty Media aren't aware of all of the above. So they may, they may call well, their bluff. Well, you know, we were talking couple shows ago about what American brand would wind up as an engine provider. And you just mentioned it, Ford. I yeah. can imagine Ford coming back. If you've yeah, been out in the Fork, in the Focus ST, it's a wicked little one and a half liter, you know, which is just a gasket and a bore changed from one six. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, to me, it's right there. Ford in the EcoBoost, all of those things are coming around. We've got guys getting their little STs hitting 300 horsepower pretty darn easily. Well, and as I mentioned, uh, with these new engine rules for 221, Porsche have been mentioned. Aston Martin could do their own uh, development, and they've already been making strides towards that with Red Bull, which leads that open. Uh, but also uh, Cosworth. Uh, which have had mm -hmm. a huge association over the years, um, you know, effectively like the AMG relationship with Mercedes. So Cosworth um, and and Ilmore, in fact, uh, have also have been mentioned as possibilities. So you might find that some a company like Ford backs another move by Cosworth to step it up to to Formula One again, and and that wouldn't be much of a stretch either. Uh, yeah. Cosworth have got so much um, experience in that role, and you know, like I said, they've been in Formula One before, uh, and they're in all forms of motorsport in many, many different ways. So, yeah, that's not a stretch for me at all. To me, I, I think that's a good one. But, uh, hey, we got to talk the calendar for 18. It definitely did change. And uh, we got we got to talk about who dropped and who picked up. Yep. All right. Well, let's do that. Let's, let's take a quick break when we come back, and we'll talk about the 2018 calendar. There's a couple more... Formula One stories. We're going to we're going to dig in just a little bit on that Miami story as well, because apparently there was some activity down in Florida from the Liberty Media folks. You're listening to Speed City. We're here in Austin. Back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself, Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. 
Bozing Motor Cars is Central Texas's source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Bozing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 West Breaker Lane or call 512-821-9491 or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Talk 1370 is everywhere with the new Talk app. Get it now at talk1370.com. Look as though there's major damage to the car, but we'll keep you informed as to whether... Oh, no! Oh, mayhem! Hi, this is Ryan DeL, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. That little clip you heard at the beginning after the break was, was Jonathan at the Macau Grand Prix. Yeah, but what you don't realize, it's now got 3.8 million hits, that little bit, and... Oh, no! Mayhem! I've now done, you know, another... <laughs> I've done what... Uh, what's his name? There's an insurance... Commercial yeah. about mayhem. Oh, you're there talking. You go. Uh, you're let's talking. get ready to that yeah, guy. That guy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Patent it. So every time it plays, that's fine. You keep playing it. That's good. I like that. Oh no, mayhem! <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> People have apparently they've started taking that and clipping it into other <laughs> videos. Into and memes. <laughs> I saw a waffle fall down the other day, and yes, it was me going. Oh no. Mayhem! <laughs> I had to play that. Okay, back uh, to Liberty. We're gonna, well, we're going to talk about Liberty, but I want to touch on The pursuit on something. of Liberty. I want to say the same conversation we had yeah. while we're off the air. It's the same, because we, we don't really stop talking. We talk the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Is it less? I, I, you lucky uh, people in the audience just get to tune out briefly. <laughs> I like your thinking on Ford. It's like... Their whole lineup is turbocharged, right? So it is. I mean, it is. When, now when I'm not saying they're going to take the ST oh, EcoBoost and but, plug it into an F1 car, but that would be a promo. But, but when but, their uh, but when their F150, you know, their iconic V8 powered pickup truck is now the most popular engine and probably the most versatile and powerful in a day to day sense is the Turbo Six. Uh, that that makes sense. But you know what? Also, as you were saying that, I was thinking about General Motors. You know, they have a whole new line of turbocharged engines and all their Cadillacs. Yeah, uh, and then but and then they they put a ton of technology research into the Volt, and uh, and and then and the next gen Volt. So there's plenty of of high technology in both of those. I mean, GM and Ford both have got the bucks to well, do the, this. The so. interesting is uh, my buddy that has the new Turbo EcoBoost Ford F150 also has the CTSV. So yeah. we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to no, talk. No, it was ATSV. Excuse me, ATSV with you're the right. turbos. Yeah, it has the ATSV with it. You know. So, that's a good call. I mean, I think, you know, Americans, the American company needs to get some uh, some promenades in Formula One. I would like to see it there one yeah. way or another. I don't care if they do what Aston Martin did and they just pour some money into it and stick a logo on the front of the car, but I want to see them there. Yeah, I do too. All right, let's talk a little bit about this Miami story. It's not a huge deal, and it's, it's just a quick little – the Miami Herald was, was the group that broke it, and they just said uh, – just, I'm just reading a little bit from it. it just says that the Formula One is scout, actively scouting downtown Miami as a potential site for new Formula One Grand Prix. 
They said uh, executives and engineers with the Global Racing brand were in town this month meeting with Miami's new mayor and the city's head of film and culture to go over potential racing circuits and logistics around the city. So, I mean, I know we've heard these rumors before. What was it up in uh, in New yeah. York or in uh, Vegas? In, yeah. yeah. But New York was well, New Jersey. Well, new new Jersey, Jersey, that's right. New Jersey, yeah. I mean, that, to be honest, they, they, they built started a, construction. They, no, yeah, yeah. They, say they built a track. Well, okay, no, no, I did walk the track and I did walk the construction site. Really what they did... The parking it, garage? <laughs> it was a parking garage that they were building. The first floor of it was designed so that the first floor, all the support structure, was of the dimensions for a Formula One garage and paddock area. Okay. And the second floor was dimensions that they could divide it up into suites. But all the rest of the year, it's a parking garage directly at the ferry that comes across the Hudson. Which is still smart. Smart. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't a loss of money and everything. I mean, when we went in there and spoke to them, uh, they were very much trying to move forward with it. I'm disappointed it didn't happen. Mm. But having walked all around that track and just looked all over, it was a neat facility to see on TV. Yeah. By all means. But, uh, you know, and, and I don't know what Monaco's like. You've you've been there, Jonathan. Jonathan's... How much do you actually see as a spectator if you're standing trackside? About a quarter of a second. That's that's what this was looking <laughs> no, like. I'm, no, it, it depends where you sit. If you sit on a yacht, if you sit in one of the... Yeah, but I mean, I mean it does, you know, seriously. I mean, the grandstands, yes, you get a good view around the pool, pool etc. Um, but I've been there and I've been in the pits working and you don't get a lot, to, you know, you don't see much of the track. You see the big screens, yeah. Uh, there's a fantastic hill up in Monaco above the Raskas, which is the famous cafe. Um, you know, but, but, but you know, generally speaking... Um, um, that is the challenge uh, of any street circuit is to is to get a good view of it. Long Beach do a fantastic job for Indy. Uh, I was absolutely. I went to my first Long Beach last year, uh, and I love the fact that you feel engrossed in it because the pits is in the middle of the track. You're walking over the track to get outside, you know, to get to places, and it's it, it just encompasses the whole city. Um, and I do think, you know, like I said a few years ago, we were kind of. The rumors, like you say, were were around about more races in F1. And the debate was, do we need more than one F1 race in the United States? And I think the answer absolutely is yes. You've been saying that. I'll give you credit. You have uh, not wavered to be on, from that. And, and, and I don't mean that with anything against what is literally just down on my doorstep because the Circuit of the Americas is so far ahead and is a state of the art. Right, right. No one else, no one's going to build a that kind of circuit. I mean, I mean, they may in years to come, but they certainly aren't in the next two or three years, right? right? So, street circuits, places like Miami, Vegas, uh, New York, still Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, even remember yeah. the indie races. Yeah, um, and and you've got to remember what's been the trailblazer and the the work workhorse for this has actually uh, been Formula E. Uh, Miami had a, a Formula E race in 2015. Um, so every and they just had one in Hong Kong this weekend. So the point is now it's almost they've they've trailblazed the ability to go to a city center. Uh, uh, set up, run an event, televise it, and get out. Now, okay, Formula E is very different. It's quieter, obviously, for one, so it mm. doesn't have the sort of noise pollution. Um, but at the same time, Austin could have a Formula E race and could have a street race themselves. They've looked at it. Um, but, you know, every dynamic city in America 
and around the world, um, you know, could could have a Formula One race. And I think that's where Liberty are going here. That's the obvious quick uh, turnaround to, first of all, as you say, you, you mentioned at the top of the show, Liberty want to grow the sport in the States. That's that's the way to do it. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, uh, obviously they're... They're traveling around looking at cities. They're scouting them. It doesn't mean anything, but for sure. But I, I love or Chase the- Carey probably just like pulls off the interstate and pulls into some place. Oh, they're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> they're he- looking at Flitterville. <laughs> anywhere he spotted, they're, they're thinking of putting a track there. But- Oklahoma City? <laughs> Why <laughs> <Let's> not? <hope> not. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think now, you know, you talk about scenic places or cool cities. I like Denver. Imagine oh, Denver would Denver. be awesome. Ooh. Yeah, that a would be cool. race. Yeah. I mean, you know, here we are talking about altitude for Mexico City. There's a whole technology twist there. There's lots of yeah. things to do around there. I would... Uh, that's a, that's, a, that's an interesting thought. I'd never thought about it. Middle of the country. And, and do you know something that we don't know? I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> at liberty say, to yeah, say. He's not at liberty to say. You like, ah, I like see what that. you did there. That's, that's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I like but that. How about... How about Denver? You know, weather's pretty stable. It's a nugget. <laughs> the we- no, you're you're absolutely right. Older you over? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, Sorry. I got nothing. It's all good. Uh, so, all right, guys. Well, we gotta- thankfully, our producer's giving us the countdown, which is good because we're yeah, out of jokes. We're, too. Out of, we're out of jokes. We're out of time. Cameron Diaz, remember Cameron Diaz? That's not him. Cameron Das, <laughs> that's the guy. Remember right. him? I'm going yeah, to. Thanks, Cameron and we Diaz. We ran out of time ship. to talk about the logo. Uh, yeah, and maybe we'll get the Honda guy on one of these days, hopefully so, because <laughs> we definitely want to do that. All right, check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, all that. We have lots of content all week long. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.